Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope that you enjoy this message today. You know, our, our, our country um, celebrates Thanksgiving Day. It's, it's a, and it's, a, it's an American national holiday. It's uniquely American. And, you know, I was reading a sermon. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share some about it tonight in tonight's service. But I was reading a sermon called uh, 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 Singing the New Song. And it was preached on Thanksgiving Day in 1740, which was the year the Great Awakening began to break out across the 13 colonies. Over the next 35 years, from 1740 to 1775, anyone know what happened in 1775? The first shots of the American Revolution were fired. From 1740 to 1775, this 13 rebellious colonies became one nation under God by revival. It was birthed by a supernatural move of God where hundreds of thousands were born again in Holy Ghost revival. And, and so, I, you know, I think about Thanksgiving Day, and I, I, it, I can't help myself. I, I have to, it, it brings me back to our national identity, one nation under God. It brings us back to, to the faith of our fathers, the Protestant fathers that founded our nation. Is our, our nation perfect? Absolutely not. But it was, it was birthed by the Protestant Reformation, the gospel that was preached here, and the revival fires of, of Pentecost that, flo- f- that, that flowed out of the awakening of 1740. So this, this Thanksgiving celebration, this is our celebration as Christians. It's a Christian celebration. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a Hindu celebration. It's not a Muslim celebration. It is a Christian Christian celebration. We're giving thanks to Jehovah God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is our God. We give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endures forever. So I want to share with you this morning about a thankful heart, and we're going to share out of Luke chapter 17, a great, one of the great miracles in the ministry of Jesus. I love this story. It's a story of, of a leper that was healed. And, um, you know, leprosy, this, of course, the, sto- the miracles in the, in the Gospels were real stories that really happened. They were selected by the authors and by the Holy Ghost because they, they portrayed divine truth as well. And leprosy, is, is, it, was the, it, was the, it was the AIDS virus of that age. It was a contagious disease that people feared, and it was, it was in, in those days, incurable, and it was ultimately fatal. And um, once you had it, your life was pretty much done. And um, so in Luke 17, 11, it talks about this one story of these lepers that came to Jesus. It happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers who stood far off. They were standing far off because they were supposed to. They couldn't get close to people because of, of the law and because of their, their contagious condition. They stood far off and they lifted up their voices so they were out at a distance as Jesus passed by, shouting, hey, hey, over here, Jesus, over here, over here. Jesus, master, have mercy on us. So when they saw, when he saw them, he said to them, hey, Go show yourself to the priests. Now, that doesn't mean anything to a Gentile, but to, to a Jew, it meant a lot. And, let, and, and it also meant a lot to, to people who knew the law. It meant you've been healed. Go get the, the priest to confirm your healing. The only way you could be brought back into society is for the priest to check you out and say you've been healed. 
Go show yourself. He just, he yelled out back to them, go show yourself to the priests. Simple as that. It was just as simple as that. So they took off. They took off and they went, they took off. And as they went, and as they went, everyone say, as they went. As they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. They looked, when he said, go show yourself to the priest, they looked down, they were still covered with leprosy and sores. And, and mutilated bodies, but they took off anyway, and they took off running, and as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he returned, he turned around, he stopped in his tracks. When he looked at his body and he saw the clean new flesh, he was overwhelmed. He was overwhelmed in his heart at the mercy of God, at the grace of God. He stopped in his tracks, and he turned and he went back. And with a loud voice, he began to glorify God. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord! Thank you, Lord! He began to glorify God with a loud voice. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you! I have my life back now. It was real to him. It was real to him. Is it real to you? Is it real to you? So he began to glorify God with a loud voice. And he fell down on his face at his feet. I don't believe in that falling down stuff. Oh yeah, you give, you get what this guy got. You're gonna be on your face at his feet. You get your life back. You're gonna be on your face at his feet. He got his life back. He got not only his physical health, he had a spiritual renovation in his soul. His soul was made, not just his body was made whole. Those other guys, their, their bodies were made whole, but they didn't get what this guy got. He got not only a physical healing, he got inside of him a heart of thanksgiving. He was giving thanks to the Lord, and he was a Samaritan. He was of mixed race, part, part Jew and part Assyrian. Part Jew and part Assyrian. He wasn't, not only was he not accepted because he was a leper, he not, also wasn't accepted because of his race. But he came back and he was on his face before the Lord. And Jesus answered and said to him, weren't there not 10 that were cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now this, this is awesome. This, this is an awesome story. But, but thanks, having a heart of thanksgiving is the evidence. It's the evidence that something real has happened in your heart. That your heart has been touched by the power of God. That there's been a true regeneration. That there's been an awakening in your soul. It's not just a form of godliness. It's not just the outward appearance of Christianity. But there's something real. Something real. I remember the song that we said, we've sung over and over and over again. Especially in the 90s in our church. David Ruiz's song. Lord I groan. Lord I kneel. Lord, I kneel, Lord, I groan, I'm crying out for something real. I'm crying out for something real. Lord, I know in my heart there must be more. 
There must be more. There must be more. And this, this guy, got, he got a hold of something real. He got a hold of something true. It not only changed his body, not only cleansed him of leprosy, it cleansed his soul of the spiritual leprosy that was causing anger and animosity inside of his life. Thankfulness was inside of him. He was giving thanks to the Lord. I've got to read this um, this, this is one of my blogs from this week. I want to read this to you. The stories of the miracles of Jesus are full of divine revelation. Today's verse describes, and it's from this story, today's verse describes a heart bursting with thanks after being healed by the Lord. This was no average, ordinary miracle. This man was healed of leprosy. Leprosy was a feared disease at the time of Christ. Your life was over, outcast and doomed to a life of solitude, suffering, poverty, and begging. That was all over now, this man was healed. He couldn't contain his joy or his thankfulness. His heart was absolutely bursting and overflowing with praise. You know, watch out before you criticize somebody that's praising God exuberantly. Watch out before you, you don't really know what their story is. You don't know their testimony. You don't know their testimony. You know, I had somebody come to me one time, make an appointment, a man, a man in our church, and he, he was offended. He made an appointment to talk to me because of, uh, he was offended at the way this new guy was worshiping in church. Didn't like the way he was worshiping. This guy would come to church, this new guy would come to church with a big towel. The reason he came with a towel because he knew by the time it was over, he'd be sweating and he'd need that towel. And he was offended by this, and I said, well, let me, before you, before you ask me to tell him to not bring his towel and dance in the back of the church, let me tell you why he's doing this. See, he was coming to this church, and for all these years, he's been a member of another church for all these years, but he had a secret life. He was a, he was a practicing homosexual for years and years and years and years. And he came into the church, revival touched his heart, and that wickedness came out of his belly. And he began, how, 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 now he says, well, how do you know this? Well, I had an appointment with him last week, and he wanted prayer. He wanted prayer because he was having a hard time. He couldn't keep his eyes off of the young girls in the church. It was the first time, it was the first time I rejoiced when some guy told me that. The first time. Something had happened inside of him. And he was thanking God for it. Woo! And we had, he had learned to temper himself, put the blinders on, you know. But Jesus. Anyway, so you, you never know why somebody's worshiping the way they're worshiping. This guy had been given his life back. His unusual behavior here wasn't the, was, wasn't the passion of the healed. The, the unusual behavior here, the reason it was unusual, wasn't because of his passionate response to being healed of leprosy. The stunning behavior is the unthankfulness of the nine other lepers. Amen. That's what's shocking. The nine others that just wanted to get their life back, go show themselves to the priest and, and get back to what they wanted to do with their lives. That's shocking. The other is, that's, that's the appropriate behavior when you have an encounter with God. On your feet, face at his feet. Awesome. So they got their miracle and they were, they were out of there. Ungratefulness is rooted in the hearts of our fallen race. The greatest miracle that day was the one we see in the man who returned. Not only was he healed, his heart was made brand new. Amen. I, I want to go, let's, I want to look at another scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 5. 
This is some, um, this is the dedication, the famous dedication of Solomon's temple. What a day it was. It was a day that they'd been waiting for for many, many, many years. And finally, all the preparations had been made. The temple was finally finished. And they were, they were moving the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant. They were moving it from the old tattered remains of Moses' tabernacle where David had danced before the Lord on Mount Zion. And they were moving the Ark of the Covenant into the new finished temple, into the holiest of all. And they were, they were take a few steps and they had to offer animal sacrifices and they were singing one of David's songs and 120 priests were blowing their trumpets, blasting away and they were dancing before the Lord. The priests were in their white, their white linen garments dancing before the Lord, singing, oh, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Here's how it reads in 2 Chronicles 5. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one. It was corporate worship and they were all lifting their voices up to God and to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, for he is good and his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord, the house, the house of the Lord, that house was a type and a shadow. We today are in the real thing. That was a type and a shadow. It was a symbolic gesture of the greater covenant. That blood that was poured out was symbolic blood. We've had the real blood poured out. They were worshiping something that was far off. We've tasted the reality of the death of the Son of God, his resurrection, and his glorification seated at the right hand of God. Our sins are not only covered, they're not covered by the animal blood anymore, but they're washed from our soul by the blood of Jesus. Whiter than snow, whiter than snow, Lord. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. So here we are in the house of God this morning. They were going into the house of God their house of God that day. And it says, it says they were, they were, um, they were singing his mercy and us forever that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud, the cloud of his glory so that the priest could not m- continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house. It's filled you know, it was just, it just began pouring into that place, the cloud of his presence, just filling the house of the Lord. What an amazing picture, the cloud of his glory. You know, this is, as I was reading this story again and reading it again and reading it again, I began to, began to thank Lord. You know, I, I have a feeling that thankfulness, the giving thanks to the Lord is closely connected to the Pentecostal blessing. They're, they're tied. They are so tied together. Amen. The Pentecostal blessing. What, what do I mean by the Pentecostal blessing? I mean this, this, this manifest presence, the cloud of his presence coming upon us, coming upon us as a congregation, 
coming upon us as a local church, coming upon you and your, and your small group as you gather in your home or in your office place or at your school, coming into your, your personal life as you have your personal devotions every day or in your car as you're on your way to work or, or even at your, your desk at, the, at your workplace as the music is playing and you begin to just spontaneously give thanks to the Lord for all he's done in your life. You're suddenly reminded of, of the life you used to have and, and by grace you were saved and brought out of that life and your sins were washed away and, and he brought you out and gave you a second chance and, and put you in the family of God. And he, he began to take care of you and provide for you every day of your life. And he's watched over you from the f- first day of your life all the way to the last day of your life. And suddenly you're, you're aware of this sovereign God who's had your back all along. You recognize that he's there. He's always been there. He's never forgotten you for a moment of time. Always been there. And as you do, as you do, you can't help yourself. You start like Mr. King that Thanksgiving day in 1970 and 1973 as he began to give thanks and thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh yeah, Lord, let thanks bubble up in our hearts. Lord, let spontaneous Holy Ghost thanksgiving bubble up in our hearts where we begin to recognize, whoa, the atmosphere is getting a little thick in here. It's getting a little different than it was a few moments ago. It's not the atmosphere of murmuring and complaining and unbelief and fear and and regret, but suddenly it's the atmosphere of, of heaven is filling this place. Oh, the Lord, he is good. Oh, yeah, why don't, you, why don't you lift your hands with me for a minute? The Lord, he is good. It's just, just the Lord, he is good. Try it. The Lord, he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Oh, we give thanks to the Lord, for the Lord, he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Oh, we give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy, his mercy endures forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, let that Pentecostal blessing fall on each one of us. Lord, let the tongues of fire that fell on the day of Pentecost, let them get all over us. Lord, let the fire that fell in Solomon's temple that day, Lord, let the fire fall on us again, Lord Jesus. Tongues of fire, smoke, wind, and rain. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, now this, this other scripture, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, this, is, this was one of those business card scriptures of memorization that I, that I memorized in the chicken ranch days. It's one of my favorite ones that I'd carry around with me. And, and I would go back to this one on, when I would start getting troubled. But this is, this is good. It says, be anxious for nothing. That's pretty strong right there. That was, that was imp- you know, I, was, I always say I, I learned, I hate, I, this is such a, th- I feel bad saying this, but I learned to worry from my mom. My mom was a professional worrier. My mom, by the time I was 12, she had me on the same green nerve pills, whatever the heck nerve pills are, that she was on. <laughs> I don't even know what they were. They called them nerve pills. 12 years old, take the nerve pill, son. Because <laughs> she was worried. She was troubled. She was anxious. Be anxious for nothing. This is a, this is a, this is a prophetic word for, for a bunch of you here, right here, right here, right now. This is, thus saith the Lord, be anxious for nothing. Thus saith the Lord God, be anxious for nothing. 
Be anxious for nothing. He's got your back. He's got your back. He's got your future. He's got you covered. Be anxious for nothing. No matter what you face tomorrow, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, in the midst of everything, no matter what it is. Now we have to consider the guy that's saying this. This is the guy that practiced this when he was in prison. But in everything, in everything, in the midst of whatever circumstance you find yourself today, with prayer and supplication. Supplication just means a simple prayer, a specific prayer. A simple, specific prayer with prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. So if you've got something troubling you, just bring it to the Lord. I mean, it might sound very simple because it's very simple. That's why it sounds simple. Bring it to the Lord. Just specifically, you know, he, he just bring it to the Lord. He wants you. He, he knows what the problem is, but he wants you to bring it to him so you're depending on him. Bring it to him. Bring it to him, Lord, I'm troubled about this. Would you help me with this situation? And then it says, let your request be made known to God with thanksgiving. Then you begin to, we just begin to, now right now, if you've got something that's been troubling you and you've been thinking, you've got it in your mind, let's let's just have a little, a a, a 10 second, 15 second workshop. Close your eyes. A little workshop here right now. And just picture whatever it is that's been troubling you. And just begin to give thanks to the Lord for fixing this thing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, in the midst of this, oh, come on, in the midst of this troubled situation. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you don't know what that is that you're feeling, that's the joy. That's okay. That's the joy. Let it go. Let it rip. That's what happens when you begin to give thanks. When you start to give thanks in ridiculous situations, and you do it long enough, you will be hit with the joy. You begin to thank him in the midst of ridiculous situations, and the joy of the Lord will overtake you. (laughs) Yep. And then, here's, let me give you, I've got two, a couple more verses to give, two more verses to give you, oh, actually maybe three. Anyway, Hebrews 13, 15, it says, therefore by him, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. I will offer to you thank, a sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I have this short quote from Spurgeon. This really blessed me. I read it. It was in the devotion last week, Spurgeon's devotion. He says, I will offer to to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Being thy servant, I am bound to sacrifice to thee, and having received spiritual blessings at thy hands, I will not bring bullock or goat, but I will bring that which is more suitable, namely the thanksgiving of my heart. My inmost soul shall adore thee in gratitude. I love that. My inmost soul, read that with me. My inmost soul shall adore thee in gratitude. 
and will call upon the name of the Lord. That is to say, I'll bow before thee reverently, lift up my heart in love to thee, think upon thy character and adore thee as thou dost reveal thyself. He is fond of this occupation and several times in this psalm declares that he will call upon the name of the Lord. While at the same time he rejoices that he had done so many a times before, good feelings and actions bear repeating. Good feelings and actions bear repeating. Good feelings and actions bear repeating. The more of, a, of hearty callings upon God, the better. The more of hearty callings upon God, the better. Amen. And we're going to finish this morning with this psalm, Psalm 95. It's a short psalm. This is a powerful psalm of thanksgiving. And also it's It's quoted in Hebrews. The second part of this psalm is quoted in Hebrews about today, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your heart. It's talking about entering into the rest, entering into the rest of his presence. There is a place of rest for the Christian today. And the place of rest is not necessary, it's not in answered prayer, even though he's a prayer hearing, prayer answering God. The place of rest is not in the place of answered prayer. The place of rest is available before the prayer is answered. It's in the place of thanksgiving, where you're you're happy and blessed regardless of what has happened, knowing that he's a prayer-hearing God and he answers prayer and it will be done, and you are happy and blessed in the meantime and in the place of rest. So let's, let's read this psalm as we conclude. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, today, in this gospel day, while God is speaking, today, if you'll hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me and they tried me, though they saw my work. For 40 years, I was grieved with that generation. Instead, it's a people who goes astray in their hearts and they do not know my way. So I swore my wrath that they should not enter my rest. So there, is, there remains a place of rest for the people of God. The veil has been opened. The way into his presence is secured by the blood of Jesus. And we can come in to that place of rest, whether you're in a time of of blessing and plenty in your life, or whether you're in a time of of poverty or lack, whether you're going through trials, or whether you're on the mountaintop experiencing the blessings of God, there is a place of rest in the presence of God, in a place of thanksgiving. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at victoryfellowship.net for service times and locations.